everybody. Welcome to Powerful Impact. It's me, SP, and I'm here with Nev, the man behind the blue wall. <laughs> powerful Impact is where we interview people who make a powerful impact on the culture and the community as a whole. Um, today we have Backwoods Sweetie. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. Good. We. I kind of always start off with the same question because I think it's um, it's important to to establish background, and then we can move on to the bigger and more delicious things that I want to talk about. But first, where are you from, and how does that impact you as an artist? I'm from PG County in Hyattsville, Maryland, uh, on the East Coast. I live maybe 10, 15 minutes out uh, from D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as this, this area, it's hip-hop and go-go dominated. Um, but having a father as a DJ, you know, I was introduced to other genres as well. So, you know, regardless of where I was living at, I think, you know, my, having my dad in my life, um, and being my DJ, that that had the biggest impact. So your dad was was a DJ. What kind of DJ? He still, was? He still is a DJ. Yeah. Um, what kind of DJ is he? Hip hop, but uh, as of late, you know, he's getting older, so he's doing a lot of weddings and parties and kind of just mm -hmm. like around the way kind of DJing. Oh, okay. So he's. <laughs> actively turntables or computers. Exactly. Both. A little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit <Ooh>. of both. <laughs> I, I think it's, um, I, I think that's cool. And you know, uh, there are people who get into this space of um, you have to stick with the original, but I think it's wise when you can all not only do the original style of DJing, but you incorporate the new because just because you can do it the hard way doesn't mean you always have to do it the hard way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell me, how did you, what made you decide to become an artist? Uh, a rapper? Mm -hmm. No, because um, I've been writing for a long time, just writing stories and, you know, in elementary school. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember um, even coming out of school and, um, you know, being at work, running into a, a teacher I had in elementary school. And they're like, well, I still had such and such that you wrote, um, you know, back in kindergarten or first grade because they just hold on to stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I've always loved to write, but I started doing talent shows in middle school, um, you know, so just kind of seeing that different element, kids sitting at the lunch table rapping um, or just kind of after school around the way, people just hanging out. And then all of a sudden a cypher starts, something like that. And I'm kind of witnessing these things happen. I'm like, well, I write, you know, I got some, I got some bars. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I started doing the talent shows in middle school and, you know, from there it just kind of took off. I wanted to record. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, how did you get your name? And does it hold any um, significance? I started off as Duchess. Uh, then, you know, the guys I was working with, you know, they started calling me Duchy. Um, then I took this hiatus and now I'm come, I've come back as Backwood Sweetie. Um, but, you know, these it sounds like smoking names and <laughs> uh, I was making a lot of smoking songs and, you know, I am a smoker. So that's where the name comes from. But I'm also sweet. You know, I'm reserved. Um, you know, I can be sweet and I can you know, I can also have that that tough layer to me, too, or different mm-hmm. layers to me. So complex person. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think that's a good thing. We all have, we are all multifaceted. And so um, I think it's good that your name reflects all that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what made you cut, fall in love with hip hop? Uh, I always give props to Tupac. Cause that's my favorite rapper, my favorite artist. And, you know, I, I looked past the music and, you know, loved who he was as a person and fell in love with his poetry and had all his documentaries and books and <clears throat> just so much, you know, so many different things about him as an artist um, that I look up to um, and the way he talked about uh, women in a positive light and sometimes, and, you know, a little, a little misogyny, but that contradictory about him, I also appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was definitely my big, my biggest inspiration, um, and made me want to, to get into to hip hop and talk my shit and say what was on my mind and on my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was something about Tupac that um, you loved him despite his flaws. It was a multi, it, it was because he was flawed that you connected with him on so many other levels. Because we all have that, um, we all have those different sides. And God forbid people judge us by the one side and not see the whole picture. And it was such a large picture that in what six years he managed to just take over and it was a beautiful thing and i what i really love is that his music is still taught in colleges today and that's the impact that you know i admire and what i you know hope to to achieve you know people talking about my music 10 years 20 years from now and making those those types of classic records yeah, I think they're going to be talking about this EP for 10, 20 years from now because it is so fire. It is so ridiculously fire. <laughs> you know, I saw somebody on the timeline talking about EPs and LPs and lengths. Um, do you consider Christina Shante an EP? I actually considered it an album, but it, I... I thought you called it an EP and I didn't want to uh, um, anything over 30 minutes. I, I didn't w- want to contradict what you thought of your art, but no, for no, me, no. It's my album. <laughs> I was referring to, I think I was referring to uh, what I'm working on with Styles. 
because we're Ooh. doing we're doing eight tracks. So that one's definitely gonna gonna be an EP with some shorter. Um, some, so the, we already put out the shorter tracks, um, a couple of minutes each on those. But yeah, that's gonna be the EP that's coming out. Yeah, people always people. For me, you know, eight or nine songs it, with no um, with no skits mm -hmm. or that's an album to me. You yeah. know what I mean? An EP is like five songs, three songs. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> so once you go over five, I think that's an album. <laughs> Dang, it's, it's so many people have so many different uh, perspectives on this topic. It's interesting. Yeah, because people are like... It's, 13 tracks. I was like, yeah, but um, four or five of those tracks are skits. So are they tracks? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's not music. It's just skits. But yeah. who am I? I'm just I'm just <laughs> a woman from Texas sitting on the couch. <laughs> I don't do I don't do this for a living. So who am I? But that's just my personal opinion. I just you know. I'm also one of those people who like three three verses, but you yeah. know, people's attention span today is not three verses long. You know <laughs> what I mean? But I always find myself wanting more because I'm so used to three verses, but I'm 50, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, now we kind of, I, I tweeted about that the other day too. It was like, you, we getting all bars, no hooks, niggas just rapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, all bars. But you know, I don't mind that because they there there was a time there it was a lot of songs that was you know just people showing their skill. But yeah. it was like two songs that they showed their skill. Then it was two songs for the ladies, and then it was two songs for the club. It was. Two songs for the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole album had a little bit of something for everybody in it. So even if you didn't like the street songs, but I could listen to the club songs and I could listen to the um, 50 Cent did that really well. He did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, you know, I, I'm, he gets on my nerves, but I can't take it from him. He knew how to make an album. Yeah, I think you know, many men will always be one of my favorite. <laughs> one of my yeah. favorite for him, <laughs> and that's not think, the that's not really the club, Jane. You know, that's the one for the streets. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I think that song is the one is is a song that has um. That's his the song that one song he's made that aged particularly well. Mm -hmm. Even even my daughter who's twenty. You can, I'll catch her sometime. Many men <laughs> wish death on me. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> you grew up in the suburbs. What men? <laughs> <laughs> but what song in particular about Tupac really uh, touched you? Oh, there's so many. Uh, Dear Mama. You know his his street songs. I like breathing. Mm -hmm. Hail Mary, <clears throat> keep your head up. He's, there's so many, you know, that I could go through. His whole greatest yeah. hits. 
Yeah. He's got some stuff. He's he he drops gems, you know, he he teaches. You know, that's what I look for. I, I like the storytellers. He he tells he has something to give you. You're leaving with something, you know. It feels like an even exchange. Yeah, I always I always I always said if my grandmother was uh hip hop, she'd be Tupac because she dropped <laughs> gems and she'd call you a trout mouth heathen and oops. <laughs> 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 she she could give you all the gems in the world, but she wasn't scared to knock you down the peg to make you understand who the hell she was. Yeah, that's 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 dope. That's what I that's what I love. I love that kind of diversity and um the kind of who were some of your earlier influences. Outside of Tupac, uh, Nas, Scarface, you know, I'm going I'm to tell you all the storytellers and the people who I know, you know, telling you something, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's offensive, you know, Three Six Mafia, uh, Zero, you know, I liked a lot of Chopped and Screwed. I got into that. Yeah. Wasn't to screw my music. I have a couple of songs that are uh, screwed up, but I got into that early on <laughs> meeting people from Texas and just people that I worked with that were coming to Maryland, um, but they were from Texas. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got into that genre. So just a, a mixture of everything. You know, when I talk about the the women that I love, you know, mm-hmm. they're kind of all over the place. Cause I'll say uh, Heather B, Lil' Kim, you know, Rod Digger, Queen Latifah, Foxy Brown, you know, I love I love the women mm-hmm. who talk, you know, really had something to say. And mm-hmm. even though some of them talked about their sexuality, um, they also balanced it out with, you know, other things. It wasn't just, you know, that one layer. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of what, we're, what we're dealing with now, you know, on the radio or mainstream. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll always say, look, kind of after you tell me about your vagina, I got it. You know, I keep telling me over and over again, it's pretty much the minute in my head what kind of vagina you got. But what else you got? I, I got that part. I, I understand. I know what you're going to do to that dude. He's going to buy you all of the stuff that he you ever wanted in your life. But now what? Yeah. After you get it, now what? Yeah. What I you think got a lot of people are just tired, tired of that same that same stuff and we just kind of desire more than that you want yeah and we want to take something with us when we leave from a song you know and your your music is that your music um is i go back and i listen to your music and every time i do i pick up a new little gem or a little piece of history that I missed the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you take that um, take that direction in in your music? Uh, it was on my heart and my mind at the time. You know everything that's happened in the past few years. I was also, you know, in the house more and, you know, in the house with my kids and stuck with 
what was going on outside because it was nothing else to do, nothing else to talk about. Everybody was mm-hmm. talking about what was going on in the streets. And, you know, I didn't want to put myself uh, in harm's way or take myself away from my kids because I wanted to go outside and protest. So what can mm-hmm. I do? What's my role? How do how do I fit in this? Um, and I can rap. So, you know, I'm going to use that you know, use my platform or try to create a platform um, and and make this song or this album about a protest. Because it started with Garvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first song recorded for the album. So everything happened organically. None of these songs were planned out. Some things happened at last minute. You know, there were a lot of things that changed uh, last minute, uh, but it all kind of just came together the way it was supposed to. Yeah, what it, it, it stuck with me when you said black on black peace, and I was like, Oh, yes, you know, <laughs> you get I love the way you flip that. Everybody, you know, anytime we talk about um black issues, the first go to was black on black crime, black on black crime, and the way you flip that black on black peace was just beautiful. I love, I love the way you play with words. I love the way um, you show your perspective in a different way. It is beautiful. I love the way you write. Your pen game is spectacular. Thank you so much. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I'm stuck. Like, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Yeah, your pen game is out of this world. Um, well, in all in all, listening to the album, I got so much from it. But when you was when you were writing it, um, what was your what what was the overall picture that you wanted to paint for the audience? What did you want people to get from this album? I definitely wanted people to get to know me. You know, I was rebranding myself and coming out. You know, as this new artist, new MC, or new to a lot of people. Um, so I wanted people to get to know me. So I thought it was important to for it to be self-titled um, and to have me on the front, you know, even though you know, I wasn't facing the camera, but, you know, to just put myself out there. Um, this is me. Talk about the things that, you know, I wanted to talk about what was happening right now and things that people could relate, relate to. I think I, I got my... My point, my points across, you know. You most definitely. <laughs> I wanted to touch people. I wanted, I wanted to get, the, I wanted to get feedback, uh, too. Most importantly, and I've gotten a lot of feedback. <laughs> so, what was your writing process for? Uh, what was your writing process? Did you? Uh, how did you come up with the titles? Did you sequence sequence it? Uh, how, how how did the project come together? Uh, so while, you know, s- seeking out the beats, uh, I sequenced, you know, while doing that. And I would hear something like, wait, this would sound good with this other beat that I have and kind of do it like that. Um, there's two producers on the album. You know, I've used them twice, Skip being one of them. And the other one's Devious Minds. Um, and their beats are back to back for that reason, because they just kind of flow well together. So I, I definitely kept that in mind, uh, sequencing the album. Um, with the titles, um, I think I was kind of straightforward with the titles. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, I had, you know, Supreme Mathematics in mind. Um, oh. When you listen to <laughs> even I would go back and listen to some of the songs when I was doing the sequencing um, and hear certain words that would align with that mathematic, with that track number. Um, oh. So it just kind of made sense. Um, what I was talking about in the song, um, even though the song wasn't that particular name. Because um, each, each track name, you know, aren't the mathematics, but it all makes sense if you pay attention to what I'm saying in the songs. Um, let's talk about Black Betty, because <laughs> that's personally my favorite song. And when, when you told me who produced it, I was like, Wow, because <laughs> I've listened to I've listened to Skip's beats uh, just solo, but that's different. That that's that beat was different, and the way and it's not it is not a typical beat, and the fact that you flowed on it so well and so precisely, and you found pockets that. Uh, is that they were hard to find because I was like, how's she gonna rap on this? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and it it was so well done, and y'all, it flowed so well. How um, uh, how how did how do you find the pockets in in a in a beat like that? Because I love it, <laughs> and I love the way you found the pockets. In. These pockets. I, I think it's just natural skill because I can't. It's not anything that I could explain to you right now. I just kind of have a good ear. Is the best way to explain it. Like the way I choose my beats. You know, I have a good ear. Yeah, because I was listening. I was like, how's she going to rap on that? You know, with, with the intro. <laughs> I was like, the beat is fire, but I don't know where she going to put words in there. You should hear some other stuff that I got coming up. I'm, I'm definitely digging into some, some new genres. You know, Starfire. Starfire was a nerdcore beat. Um, you know, just something different and out of my element. But you know, I wanted to take on take on these challenges. Listen, that whole oh, I'm sorry to cut in, but that is one of my favorite songs. Okay, <laughs> Starfire. Yeah, hell yeah, that beat is ridiculous, yeah. man. I'm in my shower dancing like holy shit. And then I was thinking to myself, what the heck did that sound like? And I don't know what type of studios you work in, what type of monitors you're listening to. I'm like, that shit right there, whoo, that shit right there is powerful. But anyway, I'm sorry, I had a little moment. I want to ask number 13. This is yeah, go for it. This is my question. One of my favorite songs on the projects is God Particle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Woo. God That's another got beat. That's another up. beat that was a little different for me too. It's a slower, slower beat where I had to figure out how I was gonna flow on it. I am Jamaican, and when I heard, when that song <laughs> played the first time, I said, "Bombo Clot, I bite you not." <laughs> All right. So my my thing is in that you talk about melanin skin tone. I think hair and somewhere black excellence. What inspired that song, or what zone were you when you created that shit? Cause that shit's powerful to me. I got chills after that. <laughs> Boom. 
Man, I think being, again, being in the house, you know, I went down a rabbit hole, you know, doing research on melanin and, you know, discovered um, an educator from Baltimore who was talking about melanin and I got one of his books. Um, it's just a lot of deep stuff and makes you think about, you know, the world differently. Mm-hmm. And that's just something I like to do, you know, while I'm creating to think about things from a different perspective. Um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, what I'm, is um, the God particle? That's the God particle? Melanin? That's the God yeah, particle? Yeah, melanin. Okay. <laughs> melanin is, is the God particle. So I was talking about just emp being empowered about being, you know, a black woman or being a black person, being a human. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have been... Um, slightly irritated uh over the past couple of months because i see that our people are trying to create spaces that we can um actually be free to speak to our issues the way we speak to each other without um any outside voices being included hmm what I have found is when that happens, we in, and it, I notice it happens to no one else, but we get backlash for um, not being inclusive. Yeah. Um, when you think about, when you, when you think about um, and look at the different topics and stuff that goes on and the different places that people um, are able to speak. Why do you think that there's so much focus when um, Black people come together and we're just vibing on each other and there's always so much backlash behind it? Uh, fear. <clears throat> fear that, you know, we're going to come together in all of our greatness and, <laughs> and and do something, you know, that'll change the world. We're going to do something right. We're going to bring peace. They're scared of that. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so <laughs> weird to me because I've even seen a, a guy just give props to black women and then it's immediate black it's immediate backlash. Well my my daughter calls it blacklash because yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah they just attack, you know, all women are beautiful and uh, well well why can't black women just be beautiful today? And we gotta defend phone. ourselves like yeah. <laughs> Why do we're we just talking to... about us right now. We're not trying to offend anybody else, but we just want to celebrate ourselves. And, and for some reason, that tends to set people off like as no other culture seems to have that issue but us. And especially Black women. Because I don't think people understand when how important do you think it is for black women to have a space in order to just be free to talk about our issues amongst each other? 
Oh, I think it's important. I think it's tough, though, um, because then there's a divide within us. You know, I think I, I saw a clip recently. I forget what show what show it was, but they were there was this divide because there was a brown skin girl group, you know. So then there's, there's this brown skin versus light skin or, you know, the lighter sisters mad at the darker sisters. And it's just a mess. So much chaos and, and, and a lot of us just want to get organized. And there's so many distractions. And, and I don't think people realize that those distractions are purposeful, mm-hmm. that those distractions are still, I don't care how long ago slavery was, even today we're still mm-hmm. suffering the consequences of slavery. And this light skin, dark skin thing is one of them. Yep. And, and getting people to see that and actually move forward together and understand that uh, our our connectedness is not in religion. The way we are connected is not in all of that all, all politics. All of that stuff is noise. But where our connection is, is in our blackness. I don't care what shade of it it is. That's where our connection lies. And it seems odd to me that people can't um, come into that, come into that thought process together. And you look at my mom, she's light skinned with these hazel, hazel brown green eyes, <laughs> you know, and I'm browner and I look like my dad. So we come in all kinds of shades and colors. Yeah, my mom, we, we I grew up in San Antonio and my mom is so light skinned, she looks almost Hispanic. We don't. <laughs> she looks, she's so, she was, she's light skinned. And she had blonde hair when she was born, and they called her Samantha because she looked like the woman from Bewitched. (laughs) (laughs) That was her nickname, Samantha. (laughs) So, what do you, what do you, um, what are some of the pros and cons of being a black female MC in such a, um, especially in the in the in the area that you, the space that you're taking up, what is it like being a black female MC in such a male dominated, first male dominated um, genre, but also um, with the specificity of the topics that you're discussing? That's tough. Um, I don't wanna, you know, give any light to any negativity, but just, you know, recent, in in recent days, you know, being on social media and kind of getting some, a little hate from, from certain people and being attacked, uh, you know, about my character, about my talent and things like that. That's, that's the, the hard part about it. But I definitely take in more of the, the love and the compliments. I get more of that, uh, than any hate, but, getting, getting, being put in a box or 
you know, trying to make it about my sexuality when mm -hmm. that's not something that, you know, I lead with um, in my music is is the biggest uh, that kind of crushes me, you know, to, to have to, you know, even deal with that. But yeah, I think I, I think I think I'm I think I'm all right. <laughs> I think so, I'm doing all right. Feel free to DM me all of those names and I will destroy them. <laughs> I'll take pleasure in it. <laughs> because I'm 50, what you gonna do to me? <laughs> so yeah, just a, just a little bit of hate, but I think other than that, uh, a lot of people in, in the underground have been supportive, just overwhelmingly, uh -huh. overwhelmingly supportive. And it's people, you know, that are from my area and people that are, you know, not in, in this country, you know, I'm kind of mm -hmm. reaching different areas that, you know, I couldn't fathom. Yeah. Uh, it's always going to be some hate and, and I find normally the hate comes from those who uh, can't do what you do. Yeah. And so because they can't do what you do, they pick apart what you do so that they can make it not seem as great as we know it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> we know what you're doing. And we know you, wh whoever it is, you are online. Get it together. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm able to, and I say all that to say that I'm able to, you know, pick out, you know, who who I need in my cipher and, you know, yeah. who, who set out to destroy everything that we're building. So, I mean, in, in, in some ways that this is a good thing, you know, I can weed out the negativity. So, and, you know, I've been doing that, you know, just kind of okay. while working on my album, you know, trying to figure out who to work with, who, who, who do I move forward with? Even with the producers, I had um, 10 producers on the album, you know, oh. I built certain relationships with some of them, um, you know, who got to know me on a personal level. So I was able to move forward with them. So just all about making the right connections and building with the right people at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, the Block button is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I always say that the block button is, is like that old, when we used to have that old rotary phone and we could slam that receiver down on that rotary phone and hang up in your face. That's what the block button And I hit it hard like, damn, you out of here. <laughs> you don't deserve to talk to us. <laughs> when you what's your what's your favorite song from yourself in your career up to now? Oh, for favorite song. I have some favorite verses. I think picking a favorite song is so tough. And I think every time I've answered this question, I might have changed it. I think one time I said Justice for interlude. Um, then yeah. it was Starfire. Uh, but then I would say struggle, you know, but then I'd switch it to something else because, you know, I, I've got other people on the song with me. And if I'm going to pick my favorite song with me, it should just be me. But <laughs> yeah. I like Justice 4 and Starfire uh, for sure. It's like my top two on my debut album and just overall. Um, so, see, Black Betty is my favorite today. 
<laughs> right. You know, tomorrow, it ain't no telling what's going to be my favorite. But for today, when I was I'm like, this is my shit. <laughs> but yeah, but, I, I don't know. I might, I might have to go with Justice for it because when I think about a song that when I play it, I don't even let it finish before I'm running it back and starting it over. It's Justice for. I like to hear, you know, the. I like the way it starts. Every bar is just kind of spot on, and and like you said, sometimes I, I I hear new things that I've said, like, oh wait, you know, that's kind of like double entendre, something new that I picked up on that I, you know, said myself. Uh huh. What is some of your favorite collaborations so far? I definitely know it all. Uh, yeah. Don't fail. Don't fail. We just did the the new underground, and hopefully, you know, we'll be doing something something else, maybe summertime or later on this year. Uh, coming back together and doing a whole project is something I'm looking forward to. But other than him, uh, let's see. I got Crow, who's on the mm. album with me. Uh, Sage Walker and Cameron Galloway. They did struggle with me, and Sage is also on Cipher. Uh, but struggle struggles a really strong song and i actually um linked up with them towards the end of working on my album so that was one of the like late additions added to the song um uh -huh. but it just kind of worked out worked out the, the way it was supposed to yeah so those are my favorite collabs but i got some i got some stuff coming too i got some stuff coming with king james he's on my ep yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like king james yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Is it, I, 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 um, I, I actually, he, he dropped the. Uh, I just happened to scroll and see that he had a link, you know, uh, and I hit it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to dig all the way through his discography. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I first heard him on Skip's album that he put out in October. Uh -huh. um, I heard him on that, and then I heard him again on Furious Styles' compilation. So it's just like, all right, I'm hearing two two joints from him, and it's my favorite song on the whole album. I'm going to have to look more into him. And then, you know, I came across JR, and then hearing them together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, J JR is a dope. Yeah. 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 Um. What's one of your dream collaborations? Uh, I definitely want to work with Jr. You know, I am God. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of the a lot of the guys that you know have been showing a lot of love and support mm -hmm. too. Um, you know, and it's it's great hearing it come from them because I'm listening to their music, wanting to work with them. You know, and they're giving me the the big ups. So and you know, I feel like that's the the my door in right there. <laughs> so I'm gonna be reaching out to everybody. <laughs> Well, I'm not even already, you know, we already have been planned, planned something already. I'm going to be reaching out to you. And they're lyricists, too. They're serious <laughs> yeah. lyricists with serious projects. So yeah. To them guys. Absolutely. And I love that uh, your dream collab is amongst your peers. That's mm -hmm. pretty dope. What about uh, with your dream producer? Hmm. There's um a few producers, and I don't, I, you know, I can't put them out there yet. But there's some people that are in, you know, our circles that are making beats or just started making beats. Um, mm -hmm. that I'm looking looking forward to to working with some up and coming producers rather than anybody, you know, with the bigger names. 
I'm, I definitely want to start, you know, with where I'm at, you know, uh, they don't have a big name. I, a lot of people don't know my names. I'm just getting out there, but I still want to work with underground, like real underground producers and artists. We know That's some. Yeah. We know some. SP knows some. She might have to DM you your project. Yeah, please. She knows a lot. Especially, you know, yeah, planning like, something with know it all. Planning something with know it all. We're gonna need, you know, somebody to work with us um, on our on our project. And there's a couple of people that we can use that we've already worked with. But you know, why not reach out to somebody new or work with somebody new, reach a new I, I, audience. I keep saying, I, I, and it seems like I'm just repeating this through every every interview that I do. But <laughs> I just want to hear you on the DK beat. Who's DK? I just, I just, DK is a, Canada. DK is a producer, is a producer from Canada. Okay. And he just did, and he did an album with Justo, the MC. Mm-hmm. And, but his beats are spectacular. He wants to and he is white and he's Caucasian and has more soul than... Most. It's ridiculous. He's ridiculously good. <laughs> very young. I can't wait to check it out. I'm not surprised that you're saying the very young part of it too. I've I've been noticing that. Like even with uh with know what I'll just did with Outcast. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how old, how young you know Outcast is, but it's a lot of youngins. <laughs> like, yeah, coming out and of I, nowhere. And I am loving it. I'm loving yeah. that uh that they are so deep into the history and they understand um the meaning and they understand the the frequency of hip-hop and they are so young and i'm like because when i seen when i seen dk i was like ain't no way that came out of him And he's so quiet and like really <laughs> humble. That's what's interesting. He's not braggadocious at all. But when you hear those, it, those, he doesn't have to be because those beats say everything. Yeah, yeah those beats say everything. Yeah, you have to so send me his, his information so I can look him up. <laughs> not only am I going to give you his information, I'm going to give him yours. <laughs> Please. Back with sweetie, we'll be sliding in the DMs. Okay, watch out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sliding in everybody's DMs because I just want to hear you on so many people's beats because I think you are fire. And because I listen to beats, uh because I listen to beats all the time, I I, I just you know and and elegant. Eloquent. Eloquent, eloquent. It looks like she's trying to executive produce your next album. That's the vibe (laughs) I'm getting, but you know, that's just my vibe. I'm over here like, okay, eloquence. She's just like, you know, I'll just line up all the producers for you. um, It'll just make it happen. It'll be a powerful impact Uh, production. So, uh, and I would like to hear her on the song. Oh, God. All right, SP, let's continue. Okay, okay. okay. But <laughs> Ela, Ela's, I, I am going to send your album. I am going to send your album to Ela Zay. Yes, because I think y'all would vibe because she's from Maryland too. 
we're know. We're cutting okay. deals right now, back. <laughs> but um, she works with. I don't. I know you got it. You probably familiar, right? With uh, with uh, Diamond District. So why you, um, Odyssey and Uptown XO. You know. You know the Diamond District from the from the DMV. No. Oh my God! All right, we're going. All right, yeah, all right, all right. Because why you, Odyssey Legends, Uptown Legendary. So yeah, okay. she, she she's she's with them. SP, I like I like where you going. D SP D. D D. I know you know teamwork make the dream work. I send I send send it to everybody. <laughs> so um. What what female MC would you like to work with? Uh, so right now, you know, I, I've been wanting to do put together this uh, all women's posse cut with a oh. woman engineer. Um, so I'm ch- just kind of filling out and checking people's music out. Um, I definitely want to get some some reach out to some heavy hitters though you know still stay mm-hmm. underground but just like Shay noir uh Ciroc, definitely those two like at the top of my list um yeah i want to you know kind of reach higher than that you know rhapsody <laughs> rhapsody too uh little sims that's that's where i'm at right now as MC far as like Light. my favorites my favorites in underground right now who don't Little, get enough love for me? Little Sims. Oh, she was she was uh in my top in my top five album of the year. Yeah. I I love her so much. I love the way I love you have some dope taste. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't expect anything less because you dope yourself. So <laughs> There you go. She's in good company. Yeah, I just want to work with other dope women that I respect that I feel like, you know, we all should be, you know, mainstream. But I'm proud of being underground and having this kind of platform, underground platform, and, and not being, you know, on the front and being controlled. And, yeah, this feels good. <laughs> Who's yeah. some dope female producers? I'm just curious because I don't like now currently in the underground scene. Is there any that you could highlight or know about? So. Uh, the one that's on my album, uh, she produced uh, Starfire, Arcade the Sage. And she was at BlurCon at the Comic-Con when I was at the Comic-Con. And, you know, we didn't know each other and hadn't met yet. Um, I hadn't come across her beat yet, but I was already kind of formulating this song in my head. I knew I wanted to do a song called Starfire. And, you know, I was in my cosplay uh, doing Starfire. And when I left there, when I left there, you know, I just kind of got online. I got on Beat Stars and found a a beat called Starfire. And it was made by her, you know, and I did my research on her before I reached out to her to, you know, just kind of introduce myself. But I realized we were at the same place. And yeah. That was that was perfect. So I definitely want to highlight Arcade to Sage. You know, it's black, black beat maker, black mom, black woman. Yeah, she's she's dope. That's the one that I know. You know, that I've gotten to know. But I don't know any others. Y'all gonna have to tell me. You know who y'all got? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know too many. That's why. That's all I was asking. Uh, yeah. That's dope. And, you know, we try to highlight. We try to highlight um, more women. 
especially in positions that aren't norm aren't the norm because i think a lot of times people don't have the knowledge that hey we we're here mm-hmm. there might not be many of us but we're here and there's space for you and i think the only way that's going to happen is if people can only um, some people can only imagine what they see right yeah, so, so when they see a backwoods sweetie and they hear your music they know what's possible because they see it in you and that's why we do this podcast because we want people to know that you don't have to give up your dignity or your morality or your um, who you are as a human being to do what you love because <clears throat> look, look look what's right in front of you. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, um, you said it a little bit before. You brought up some of the producers and MCs on it. I just want to know, how did you pick the beats, the producers, and the rappers on this particular album? Like, what made you cherry pick well, this one, that one? How, how did that come? So what I really love about DistroKid, and that's who I use to uh, distribute my music to all of the streaming stores, all the digital platforms. Uh, they have their own uh, little social media or timeline, if you will, where you can connect with other artists. You can post your songs and, you know, chat and comment with other artists about your music. Um, so I had posted, you know, one of my singles and Crow, they posted something and, you know, we both just kind of immediately saw each other's potential and wanted to work with each other, saw that we were both in Maryland and that, you know, let's do this. Like we can link up, work on a song together. We actually linked up in Baltimore. I met them at the studio um, and recorded, um, I originally recorded it in Baltimore, but I brought it back to uh, my studio um, where I recorded not too far from my house, um, but got it mixed down and did all the editing there. Um, so I had the final touches on every song um, when it comes down to the mixing and editing, working with my engineer um, to do that. Uh, but yeah, all everything came together just organically like I, I didn't know I was going to link up with Sage at the at the end of this project and end up doing two songs with him um, because I liked him so much and liked working with him um, but the, the songs just came together um, yeah there was no plan <laughs> there was no plan at all other than I knew I wanted to talk about you know what was happening now on current events and just kind of reach reach the streets um, through my music now, all right, so that kind of leads to my next question here. What made you decide or did they decide to utilize speeches from Marcus Garvey, movie clips like Belly, skits with the phone calls? I don't know if that's on the street or if that's from prison. You know, pardon me. I couldn't tell. I kind of sounded like the street, but it sounded like it could have been from cell block. Just what kind of made you put these pieces and elements together. I love them. I think they work together cohesively. I just want to know if that you, the producers, like what's things. Again, um, it was organic. Um, you know, the, the guy that I was dating at the time, his son's name was Marcus Garvey. Um, so wow, that was in my head and in my brain and <laughs> it was happening at that moment. 
um, when with the belly scenes, uh, I had recently met uh, Dr. Ben Chavez. He spoke at an event in D.C. Um, so I met him and he talked about uh, a lot about DMX and you know DMX had just passed, um, you know, <clears throat> around that time or maybe a month or so before then. Um, this was in September this past September. Um, but yeah, I met him and listened to his thoughts and he talked about, you know, what Belly 2 would have looked like with DMX in it and just got a lot of insight from him. So I was inspired um, and I wanted to use uh, the scenes in Belly that inspired me the most um, and also just celebrate him because I had just met him. Um, so everything just happened, you know, just lined up. And that, that is a very powerful man. I've, I've met him too in person. Um, a lot of evolution with him from the NAA, yeah. from a preacher to the NAACP to then Nation of Nation of Islam. 